Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going down everybody and welcome back to another episode of commander ad populum together we are commander for the people by the people for the people my name is ryan this is episode 164 welcome to the show welcome back whichever applies to you it's good to have you either way big thanks to fusiongamingonline.com your source for all of your gaming needs and big thank you to all of the patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash cad popcast good to have you all big personal thank you to newest patron sean burlett welcome great to have you welcome to the discord Thank you for the pledge. If anybody else wants to pledge, a couple bucks a month is all it takes, and it helps keep the show running, helps with the website hosting fees, helps with the storage, so all the shows will be available for everybody forever. And my deepest thanks to all of the patrons, because it really does mean a lot. The show has been very good for me, both mentally and as a magic player and as a content creator who wants to promote a good positive community a community that people want to be in it lets me feature people's stories it lets me be an artist i can feature some of my art when i do altered art stuff for the commander ad popular youtube page so if you want to be part of bringing that to people and and feel good about good content that's out there hop on over to the patron links will be in the show notes wherever you get the show I want to get right into it this week, though, because we've got a jam-packed show. We're finishing the Cons of Tarkir block with the set Dragons of Tarkir. And this set was a big set, so a little bit longer than last week's Fate Reforged set retro. And this one was Magic's 67th expansion released on march 27 2015 and it was designed to be played alongside fate reforged little set in limited how it differs though is the the clans the clans of tarkir disappear and instead we've got dragon broods and instead of three color enemy colored wedges we've got two color broods that are all headed up by a dragon that leads the house. This is essentially the the alternate timeline after Sarkhan Vol switches what happened in the past and instead of the Khans ruling Tarkir, the five clans that is, the storyline shifts and instead of the clan leaders ruling, it's actually the dragons that rule. So interesting kind of play on time and story and, and fate. And there's some cool cards that go along with it, some cool abilities that go along with it. The pre-release for for Dragons of Tarkir was really weird. There was like this gimmicky game that you could play. Essentially, you go to the you go to the pre-release, and there was a Tarkir Dragon Fury gaming board, right? And you get one of five different colored dice that go along with like 
the brood that you're playing or the color of the dragons essentially you got like a red dice if you got like one of the red dragons because they breathe fire if you got the blue dragon it breathes ice so you got the blue dice and you roll these dice on this board and try to knock down these little i guess they're pawns or whatever and each pawn has has an associated point value so you throw your dice knocks down some pawns and then if your dice lands on the the center circle you get two times the points and you get to do this twice you set up all the game pieces again and you chuck your dice again you try to knock down as many pawns by bouncing your dice around inside this like looks like a little dragon stone arena and then you try to land on the center 2x things and you get points and the points awarded you like foil versions of or pre-release foil versions of certain cards a certain point total got you a land or a common or an uncommon or a rare etc and i think it was just kind of like a fun gimmicky thing to make you think oh i'm a dragon ah, and you shoot your fire and it's lots of fun i i remember people talking about it i remember kind of the promo material that came out about this release and I wasn't there, but uh, I'm sure it was a lot of fun. I'm sure it was tons of fun. Now, some stuff got changed up in Tarkir, like we talked about, We or in, in Dragons of Tarkir, that is. We switched away from cons. The con was the clan leader. Now we have dragons that are brood leaders. But more than that, we got some new abilities. Before we get to the new abilities, though, Bolster and Dash from last week remain new abilities are exploit formidable and megamorph let's start with exploit because it kind of feels topical again because crimson vow is out and exploit has returned five or six or six years later exploit is when a creature with exploit enters the battlefield you may sacrifice a creature you control okay each creature with exploit has another ability that gives you a benefit when it exploits a creature so exploit would be written as when this creature exploits a creature, draw a card or tutor your library or find a land. And that's a triggered ability. So what that means is it tutors when the creature enters the, or sorry, it exploits when the creature enters the battlefield. And then you can respond to that with something that counters an ability or something that you want to do before that ability resolves. And a lot of people's favorite trick with exploit was to exploit the creature that you just cast because it's on the battlefield its ability has triggered you can sacrifice it if you still control it when the ability goes to resolve and this was a good ability this was costed affordably like they would just put it on creatures that you'd probably want to play in limited anyways and there's a few exploit creatures that we'll look at when we look at the cards that see some amount of play to a fair amount of play so we'll look at those in a few minutes. There was Formidable, which was an ability word that cares about controlling creatures with total power 8 or greater. So this was kind of like kind of like what we saw last week with caring about creatures that had power 4 or greater or the number of creatures that you control with power 4 or greater. How this differs is it'll say Formidable something 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 if you control creatures with total power eight or greater so they don't necessarily care about how many creatures you control with four power or greater like per creature they care about the total power of all your creatures is your board state formidable 
as opposed to just one creature being somewhat formidable, right? And then Megamorph. I've been mentioning it over the last couple weeks. We've covered Morph proper when we looked at Onslaught and Legions and Scourge. Morph returned in Fate Reforged, and Megamorph returned in Dragons of Tarkir. And essentially it works the same way as Morph, except for when the creature morphs or turns face up, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. So it's just bigger morph. And I've been saying it kind of as a joke, like, oh, Megamorph, right? It's because the Megamorph meme and naming convention kind of became a meme, right? Like, it's just funny. It doesn't feel creative. It doesn't feel flavorful. It's just bigger morph. So we'll put a plus one counter on it and we'll just recycle literally the same thing. And I think for that reason, it, like, I think that Megamorph got a bad rap, even though I've been rapping on it, right? Because every time they recycle Kicker or everything is Kicker, nobody kind of bats an eye. But when they're like, oh, it's just bigger morph. And then it's just bigger morph. That's all it is. So we'll look at some Megamorph stuff and we'll we'll bust into what morph is when we hit the cards proper. Alongside Megamorph and Morph, we did get a Morph token, which is essentially a face-up representation of what a face-down creature would look like. So you'd put the creature face down and you'd put one of these morph tokens on it. If you're playing morph decks, I would suggest that you get several or, or a bunch of these. And I think that they came in some commander precons that feature morph cards. And there have been a few of them over the years after 2015. And essentially it's a 2-2 colorless creature, no creature type. And you can cover a face-down creature with this reminder card. They're not tokens, they're reminder cards. A card with morph can be turned face-up at any time for its morph cost. You could use these for manifest creatures too, but a manifest and a morph are technically they're different. They have different names. And a creature that has manifest doesn't have a morph cost. Its manifest is usually its, its cost, its regular mana cost from underneath the card. So... Just be aware they're similar but subtly different. The other thing too is Morph doesn't use the stack, right? It's just changing the state or the phase of a card. So you can respond to split second. You can pretty much Morph whenever you want without any negative repercussions. Just remember that. And we did cover that again during the Onslaught set retro. I think I went pretty deep on Morph because it's quite a complex ability. So those are the those are the mechanics they were good. We lost the the some of the good ones like Delve from Cons and Fate Reforged. We picked up Megamorph. We picked up Exploit, which see play in Commander quite a bit. I could get into like the Dragon Lords and stuff, but that would sort of be the same as getting into the legendary creatures. So I think that we just do it. I think we just go into them. There's a bunch of dragons. Of course there is, right? And a bunch of these dragons were featured again in the Commander 17 Dragon Tribal deck with the Ur Dragon that came out. And that was a very powerful deck because the Commander was powerful and eminence and all that jazz, but also because a bunch of these dragons are in it and a bunch of the dragons from last week are in it. So let's go to the dragons first this week. First one up, we've got Dragonlord Atarka. Not a Tarka world render, not just some random dragon named Atarka. No, this is Dragon Lord Atarka, because in this timeline, the dragons are the rulers of the broods or the, the new version of the clans. 8-8, flying, trample, 
Elder Dragon. So we are officially back to Elder Dragon Highlander. Green, red, five. When Dragonlord or Tarka enters a battlefield, it deals five damage divided as you choose among any number of Tarka creatures and or planeswalkers your opponents control. Sure, this one is a little bit underwhelming, but you know, if you can cheat it in or flash it in or cost reduce it in and really take advantage of that five or bounce it and flicker it, you're going to keep the board cleared. I've never seen this Dragonlord Atarka, not this Atarka at the helm of a deck, but I've seen it in lots of dragon decks. So I guess that kind of says everything we need to say about this one. Next one, shout out to Max Crandell, Dragon Lord Dramoka. This is, I think, probably his oldest and most prized deck. And you can listen to a lot of the CMDR Central or Commander Central content to hear Max talk about Dragon Lord Dramoka. He's been on a couple times onto CAD Pop, but we've never. I don't think we've really went deep on the deck because he's talked about it so much on his own show. Anyways, 5-7 Elder Dragon again for white, green, four. Flying, lifelink. Your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Very powerful. No instant speed, nothing. No at the end of your turn, this or that. No removal when I'm attacking you. Uh Uh-uh. Very powerful. Plays the long game. Has lifelink, which gives you life, which supports that long game again. If you don't attack, if you just block with it, seven toughness supports the long game. You're gaining life when people are attacking you. Lots of good stuff to say about this one. And I've seen, like Max's deck, I've seen Dragonlord Dromoka decks. And this is one that I think stays in all five color dragon decks because it's very good. Next up is Dragonlord Culligan. I always think of Culligan, like the water bottles, the water company. I just, that's, I can't get it. I can't not hear it. I hope that you guys cannot hear it now that I've said it. This is a 6-5, Flying Haste, Elder Dragon, Red Black 4. Other creatures you control have haste. That's good. We want this in a dragon deck because we want them to attack as soon as they hit the field. Whenever an opponent casts a creature or planeswalker spell with the same name as a card in their graveyard, that player loses 10 life. (laughs) Okay, so this was, I think this saw play a little bit in standard because four of any one card formats. This, that second ability, virtually unplayable in commander, giving other creatures haste, very good. Very good, but we've got other ways to do that in dragon decks. So this one, if you've got it in your dragon deck and some new shiny dragon comes out, this could be a cut. I've never seen this at the helm of a deck. I've never seen it be the commander. I've never painted this card for people who play this card. I've painted the other Colligan, but not this one, because unless you're playing against like Shadowborn Apostles or Persistent Petitioners or what have you, like this is just not going to do anything. So moving on. We've got Dragonlord Ojutai, 5-4 Flying Elder Dragon, Blue-White 3. Okay, Dragonlord Ojutai has Hexproof as long as it's untapped. Okay, that's pretty cool. Whenever Dragonlord Ojutai deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So it kind of narsets and kind of beats lets you draw cards with selection which is very powerful 
This card certainly wants to have Vigilance. It's in white, so you can give it Vigilance. Usually I don't see it get Vigilance because it's in the 99 of the Dragon deck and it's used to draw cards. And people are just like, ugh, doesn't matter. Ojutai is the weakest dragon on my battlefield, so it's not going to get targeted. So I'm just going to attack and draw cards with it. So they don't care about the Vigilance to keep it untapped to have it have hexproof, right? But it's a great blocker because they can't target it if it's just sitting there blocking, but then you don't get to use its ability, right? So how powerful is it when we've got other cards in the dragon deck that say, when you do dragon thing, do dragon thing, do this dragon thing, do this dragon when you dragon, right? So Dragon Lord Ojutai, for that reason, kind of gets cut because just getting a 6-6 token when we cast a dragon or searching for another dragon when we cast a dragon is better usually than drawing a random card because 6-6 flyer is like good i don't know not super powerful but it's fine if you if you want to draw cards in your dragon deck and don't want to have like shamanic revelation and harmonize and kind of those cards that feel boring this feels a lot more on brand on flavor on point for a dragon deck and only costs five right five four flying hex proof for five is pretty good we got one more dragon though. This is Dragonlord Silumgar. 3-5 flying death touch elder dragon black blue 4. When Dragonlord Silumgar enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature or planeswalker for as long as you control Dragonlord Silumgar. Ooh, okay. This is cool because it's going to get the only flying blocker your opponent has out of the way for your dragons to crash in it's in blue black the colors that allow you to ghostly flicker conjurer's closet sacrifice your dragon lord silongar reanimate it a bunch of times thereby kind of black blinking it graveyard blinking it and stealing all your opponent's stuff and then if you have stuff like ghostly flicker or things like ghostly flicker that say return it to the battlefield under your control. The game forgets that Silumgar said you have to give it back when you don't control Silumgar, so you just get to keep it. I have seen this deck. Traditional blue-black control, some counterspells, some draw, some removal, reanimation, blink. It feels very blue. It feels very black. And to boot, your Demir control deck doesn't have like a spooky weird wizard whose face you can't see. No, it's a big dragon who just wants to sit on you or wear you as a necklace which is actually what's happening in the art just a big old dragon sitting on a pile of treasure that he stole from everybody i kind of like it i think if if somebody said ryan you have to build one of these dragons it would be silumgar that i built so that's my two cents on the dragons they're fine i think Dramoka's probably the best i think silumgar is really good too if you've got a dragon deck and you want to put these in, you put them in. They all serve a function. They all give you something that you want, which is which is great. And again, they feel more on brand than just a random card draw spell or whatever, which just doesn't feel flavorful to me. Moving on to the non-dragons. First one is Anafenza Kintree Spirit. So this is Spirit Anafenza. This is like Anafenza all these years later, Ghost, different timeline, I actually like this card. 2-2 Spirit Soldier for white-white. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under our control, bolster one. And you'll remember bolster is choose a creature with the least toughness among creatures we control and put one 
plus one, plus one counter on it because bolster one. Whenever something ETBs, we make our smallest thing bigger. Goes in the white kind of aggro soldier deck. I know it says non-token, but you could make a token deck and pair this with things like Cathar's Crusade and Anointed Procession. And, and you could make kind of a go-wide white soldier deck into a go-tall and wide white soldier deck. I think it's cool. I I know that the downward trend in mana value and commander is is steadily going down, creeping down, and this is a two-drop commander. I like two-drop commanders because they're unique and interesting and not very powerful and you have to build around them. I like six, seven, eight-drop commanders for the same <laughs> for the same reason. The three-drop commander, how we're seeing more and more and more of those, I'm not a huge fan because they're just so powerful based on being three mana but when you take one of those mana off and make it two the card itself just gets way less powerful and you have to build around it way more so i kind of like that i think that this is a cool card i'd like to see more decks i've only ever seen or heard of one anafenza kintree spirit and that was from a guy i painted an anafenza for like two years ago and i would like to know more about the deck so if you have it send it in i'd like to look at it cadpopcast at gmail.com i don't think i mentioned that today moving on to the next one here sidisi undead vizier this is other sidisi different sidisi dead zombie sidisi in this alternate timeline and the sidisi that sees more play for multiple reasons reason number one zombie that's relevant reason number two four six death touch for five that has exploit when this creature enters the battlefield you may sacrifice a creature this creature or other creature doesn't matter when Sidisi Undead Vizier exploits a creature, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Ooh, very powerful. This is 5-drop Demonic Tutor on a 4-6 body. I'll take it. I'll take it every time. I play this in my in my Balthor the Defiled deck. It's a zombie tribal kind of graveyard combo deck. Lots of fun. This fits right in. But I've also seen Sidisi in like mono black combo lists that just want to ramp up to five as quick as they can and drop a sidisi sack the sidisi tutor for the missing combo piece that you don't have yet after casting all your black card draw and your necropotence and doing the self-mill thing you cast your sidisi sacrifice it tutor and try to win right there and this deck is backed up by of course, all of the black tutors, all of the black tutors at one and two and three and four mana and five mana with Sidisi. All of the rituals, right? Dark ritual, Cabal ritual, Song of the Damned, Burnt Offering, all of the mana rocks. Like, I'm not sure if mono black Sidisi is still a CEDH deck, but for a long time, Sidisi, Tutor for Razaketh continue to sacrifice other little zero and one drop creatures that give you mana when they enter the battlefield the the blood pets and the carnival of souls those kinds of things all go in this black sidisi deck that has tutor for your combo piece on your commander very cool stuff and allows for a very strange looking deck which i like like why does this deck have so many of this card or why does this deck have 87 swamps well because you can use sidisi to tutor for ad nauseum and then draw your whole deck and not die and then discard it all to a sickening dream for example like this is that deck and sidisi makes it possible 
The next one is Surak the Hunt Caller. Again, alternate timeline Surak. 5 4 Human Warrior, Green Green 2. Formidable. Here we go. So, what does this mean? At the beginning of combat on your turn, if creatures you control have total power 8 or greater, target creature you control gains haste until end of turn. Uh, so you you drop your guy in and you've ramped and ramped and ramped and ramped and you've got your Serac out. You drop your 8-8, your 9-9, your Croson Cloud Scraper 13-13 in and during combat, while well, we've got 8 power, hit you. So this is classic, like you'll find the biggest creatures in Magic in the Serac the Hunt Caller deck that just turn formidable on all by themselves. Kind of fun, it is the epitome of big dumb green idiot dot deck which i do appreciate don't don't think because i'm calling it big dumb green idiot dot deck that i don't think it's big fun idiot green dot deck i think that that's totally a fun deck i'm smiling as i say that so i would encourage this kind of play and i would encourage you to use surak you've got all the ramp you've got all the card draw and you've got all the big dumb idiots that you need so it would be a ton of fun and i would like to play against that and probably get crushed. And then the last one for the block, Zergo Bell Striker. Ultimate timeline, Zergo, he's not a con anymore. He's just like a village orc warrior loser. <laughs> he's a 2-2 for red. Can't block creatures with power 2 or greater. Okay, so it doesn't matter. And he's got dash for red 1. And you remember dash from last week is you can cast this spell for its dash cost if you do. It gains haste, and then you remove it from the battlefield or return it to your hand from the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. So you could do mono red aggro, and this guy's your creature with a bunch of like auto equip stuff like Hero's Blade and the the one equipment that axe thing that equips to a warrior automatically, that kind of stuff. Storm colors rig or whatever equips automatically, a bunch of zero equip things. And they'll equip for free when you dash him in. And then at the end of turn, you return him to your hand. And that leaves your board open for casting those damaged base wrath or red wrath spells and not have your commander die. So this is an interesting deck as well. I know for a long time this was like a tiny leader commander. I know that in dual commander, this guy's good because you can play red burn because players only have 30 life in dual commander. So there are reasons to play Zergo. I sort of like the go big red deck instead of like the go small red burn deck, but maybe I'm just looking at it from a commander purist perspective. But if Zergo's your thing or amount of red burn is your thing, maybe Zergo is, is your guy. If Voltron's your thing, maybe Zergo's your guy. There's a lot of reasons to play this. Moving on to the cards proper, 100 or 264 cards. There is some cool stuff for, for EDH in here. I am scrolling down, and the first card I want to talk about is Secure the Wastes. What makes this card good is that it's an instant, and white gets this at instant speed more than anything else or any other color. This is Secure the Waste, instant, white X, put X, 1-1, one, one, white warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield. Instant speed blockers is what that means. So whenever you see get X tokens, make sure you check if it's a sorcery. Moreover, if you're in white, or you want like Selesnya tokens, or you're making token decks, what have you, see if there's instant speed options available. That's my, that's my advice for today. Make X tokens at instant speed 
Does that exist at the mana cost that you want or in the colors that you're playing? Secure the Waste is out there and it's it's affordable, both monetarily and mana-tarily. I'm, I'm trademarking that. Next white card, Sunscorch Regent. Here's our first non-legend dragon. And I do play this card in my Bryon Stout Arm deck because it gets huge. White, white, three for a four, three flying dragon. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Sunscorch Regent and gain one life. Oh, you gain so much life because players cast up all the time. Nobody wants to remove this. And when they want to attack in, they can't because it's a giant flyer. And they're like, oh, I guess I just won't attack. So I don't get hit by the 20 power dragon next turn. If they do, I'll just fling them. If they go to kill them or whatever in response, I fling them. I gain 20 from Bryon Stoutarm anyways. And they take 20 because they're the one that wanted to remove my huge dragon. Win, win, win for everybody except for whoever you fling it at or attack. Lots of fun. On to blue. We've got Clone Legion. Blue, blue, seven. For each creature target player controls, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. Ooh. Lots of people play this in blue inclusive token decks or Simic Sapperling decks or Bant token decks of some way, shape, or form. But remember, this says... For each creature target player controls, you're targeting a player there, so that's important, you gotta remember that, we get a copy of their stuff. Very good, goes in the clone deck. Lots of versatility, clone decks, steal your stuff dot deck, token decks, doubling season decks, anointed procession decks, so you can see that it goes across multiple archetypes and fits into different colored decks. The only thing about it is, is it does cost nine for a sorcery, and you best be giving your creatures haste if you're going to spend nine mana to get them because you don't want to lose them after you've spent that much money or that much mana that is. But awesome card. I like that. I wish I I wish I had a deck to put that in right now. Here's a little guy that I've considered playing in a couple decks. This is Gurmag Drowner, a 2-4 Naga Wizard for blue three and it has exploit. So when it ETBs, you can sack a creature. When it exploits a creature, look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. Ooh, so Muldrotha people might want that. You can put other permanents into your graveyard. You can put this thing into your graveyard, so you can Muldrotha it again, thus filling up your library each each turn that you cast this from your graveyard with Muldrotha. And it's a wizard, so that's worth something as well. I don't know, I, I like that one. There's another Naga wizard right here. This is Profaner of the Dead. 3-3 three, three for 4. Exploit. And when it exploits, return to their owner's hands all creatures your opponents control with toughness less than the exploited creature's toughness. So this could go in Toughness Matters decks. This could go in in the wall dot deck where all your stuff has like huge toughnesses. You could exploit like a a wall of denial and bounce all your opponent's creatures that are eight or smaller yeah that's pretty good pretty good let's look at our first megamorph here we go this is stratus dancer a 2-1 Jin monk with flying for blue one it's got megamorph blue one so what that means is you can cast this card face down as a 2-2 creature for three generic mana turn it face up at any time 
for its megamorph cost and put a plus one plus one counter on it. All of that happens at the same time. Okay, when Stratus Dancers turned face up, counter target instant or sorcery spell. Ooh, I've seen Animar decks play this because you can cast it for free face down and then go blue one, turn it face up, counter a thing. Pretty good. Pretty good. On to black. Shout out to Grave Purge. I don't know if this was the original time that this was in a set, but it's also the same card as Footbottom Feast from, I want to say, Lorwyn or Morningtide or whatever. And this is black two instant. Put any number of target creature cards from your graveyard on top of your library. Draw a card. Any number. And draw a card. That's pretty good. That that lets you draw the creature out of your graveyard that you want. So you can like beat that bajuka bog by, by just returning the thing that you want. You get to draw that one thing, or you get to draw one of the things that you wanted, maybe to then, everybody knows what draw card means, but Grave Purge, I think it's good. I think that that card could be used a little bit more than it is, and the same goes for Foot Bottom Feast if you want redundancy at that effect. Next up is Risen Executioner. This guy's got some metal cover art right here. This is 4-3 Zombie Warrior for Black Black 2. Can't block, who cares? Other zombies you control get plus one, plus one. So he's got the zombie lord thing going on there. And you may cast Risen Executioner from your graveyard if you pay one more to cast it for each other creature in your graveyard. I guess it's relevant if you have lots of mana or not very many creatures in your graveyard. You can cast him from your own graveyard for black, black three, for example, if he's the only creature in there. So I think that that's fine. It's like just a bonus, really, because what you're paying for is the 4-3 that gives other zombies a buff. But I think that I play this, or I have played this for a long while in my Balthor zombie deck as well, alongside Sidisi. On to red. Here's one that I like, and I played this for a while in my Zada deck, and, and Zada, Zada players are going to like this one. But I think it's good regardless. This is Descent of the Dragons. A sorcery for red, red, four. Destroy any number of target creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller puts a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And before I kind of streamlined my Zada deck and tuned it as hard as a Zada deck can be tuned, I would target one creature let's say with descent of the dragons and it would radiate to all of my creatures thereby switching them essentially from zero one or whatever kobolds or one one goblins to four four dragons with flying one of those creatures would be an anger and the anger would die turned into a four four then the anger would be in my graveyard then i could swing in with all my four fours so that's a little trick that you can use in a zada deck to upgrade your creatures could you just cast like a like a titan strength and pump them all that way? Yeah. Is this cooler? Also, yeah. And I vote for doing the cooler thing. Bonus points because Descent of the Dragons actually says destroy any number of target creatures. So you could just target your opponent's creatures if they're attacking or if they have like a 10-10 a on the battlefield ready to attack you as soon as they get to untap. You can just go Descent of the Dragon, turn it into a 4-4. And you can do that any number of times because you can target any number of target creatures. It's good stuff. Here's our next kind of dragon card. We've got a couple of them in red here. This is Dragon Tempest. Very powerful one. Whenever a creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, which is all of your dragons, 
it gains haste. So that's two mana haste enabler for our dragons. Very good. Whenever a dragon enters a battlefield under your control, it deals X damage to target creature or player where X is the number of dragons we control. Yeah, that's going to deal some damage right there. Yep. All right, on to the next dragon card. Another two mana. This is Dragonlord's Servant. A 1-3 Goblin Shaman. Dragon spells you cast cost one less. That's a mana rock for dragons. Very important. Very good. Next good card, Combo Enabler. Impact Tremors. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent. That's like mini Perforos. Very good. When you make lots of tokens, or when you blink, when you play goblins, whatever it is, Impact Tremors. Very good. Shout out to Brando. That's one of his favorite cards. Next dragon card. Yeah, red dragons. Who thought, right? Sarkhan's Triumph. This is a instant. Instant, mind you. Red 2. Search your library for a dragon card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. You just get a dragon. Just get one. Just go and get it. That's like three in a card for dragon but it's not even three in a card really because you do it at the end of somebody's turn because it's an instant that's a good card that is a gooder let's go on to green we could talk about red cards all day in this set but we'll go on to green this is anok survivalist it's got morph or it's got megamorph i should say for green one you can turn it face up and when you do destroy target artifact or enchantment and opponent controls this gets around torpor orb which shuts off enter the battlefield abilities cast it face down turn it face up destroy target torpor orb and then you can continue doing all of your etb things that you want and i think that this one doesn't get quite enough love but torpor orb really is just one card i don't know if it needs that much love but if you are playing if you are playing like the morph dot deck of course you play anox survivalist over and above like reclamation sage for example because you get to do the morph thing turn it face up and face down and it still does the rec sage stuff good stuff here's another one there's another one that goes in a specific deck this is assault formation each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power so it's got like butt damage you can go green, target creature with defender can attack as though it doesn't have defender, okay? And green two, creatures you control get plus zero, plus one until end of turn. So that's butt breathing is what we call that. I think that that's good. I think that it goes in wall.deck and what have you. Sure. Collected Company, original set right here. Shout out to the modern players for a while. Here's the next Megamorph one, Den Protector. Megamorph for green one. When it's turned face up, return a card from your graveyard to your hand. That's Eternal Witness with Megamorph. If you have some way to flip it face up for free or continuously flip it back face down or reduce the cost of it when you cast it face down as a morph creature, you can continuously abuse your Eternal the Witness, thereby kind of skirting the one of any card rule that that you have to do in commander so this is a good one too and i've seen this one and that anox survivalist again in animar decks where you can reduce that morph cost down to zero so that's why i mean that's why people say animorphs right I, I i always go back to that because it's like the casual version of an animar deck which is one of my favorite decks moving down here this is one that i think is is good this is inspiring call green to instant draw a card for each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it 
Ooh, as if that's not good enough already in plus one plus one counter decks, those creatures gain indestructible until end of turn. Ooh, so your creatures with plus ones on them gain indestructible. That's essentially counter target removal spell for my guy with plus one. Draw a card. Pretty good for three mana. I've seen this in Kalamax decks quite a bit because you'll copy that and draw twice and give Kalamax indestructible because Kalamax always has plus ones. I like that one. And our last green card, this is Shaman of Forgotten Ways. 2-3, Human Shaman, green 2, taps to add 2 mana of any color to your mana pool. Any combination of colors to your mana pool. Cool. If you have Formidable, that is creatures with total power 8 or greater among all the creatures you control, it gains green green 9, tap. Each player's life total becomes the number of creatures they control. (laughs) that's biorhythm that is a banned card in commander but it's on an ability that has a whole bunch of hoops to jump through including spending 11 mana and three mana to cast this and have it survive and have other creatures on the battlefield i think it's fine i have a foil one of these i've slotted it into several decks to try and get the biorhythm win right sweep the board biorhythm type thing right but never happened (laughs) just fun card to talk about Anyways, we got a cycle of commands in this set, which were a choose two, right? They they are some low amount of mana, and then you can cast them at instant speed, and you get to choose two things, which were powerful. Culligan's Command, I think, was the most powerful one for standard and modern at the time, anyways, in 2015. We got Narset Transcendent. Let's give this little Planeswalker a read. Blue, white, two for a Narset, plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's a non-creature, non-land card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. That is not a draw, remember that, because you reveal it and put it into your hand. Minus two is whenever you cast your next instant or sorcery spell, it gains rebound. Oh, rebound was back. Oh, sorry, everybody, I forgot to talk about that. It's back for the first time since Rise of Eldrazi. So this was on instants and sorceries where you cast it, And instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves, it gets put into exile. And during your next upkeep, at the beginning of your next upkeep, you cast it again for free, and then it goes to your graveyard. So rebound essentially lets you cast things twice. And then Narset's minus nine is you get an emblem with your opponents can't cast non-creature spells. So that's a pretty control-y kind of thing. I like that. A little bit of card draw kind of, some controls, some copying stuff. It's good. Next up is Sarkhan Unbroken. Blue, green, red, two, Sarkhan for four, plus one. Draw a card, then add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Ooh, so he replaces himself and gives you a mana on layaway. That's good. Minus two. Put a four, four red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. He can protect himself and go down to two loyalty. Also good. Minus eight. Search your library for any number... <coughs> any number any number of dragon creature cards and put them onto the battlefield very very powerful yes this card if allowed to ultimate will win you game in your dragon deck or your deck that includes dragons as like the higher end of the mana curve that also has doubling season you can just or or the new vornclex you can just put him onto the battlefield and then you can just ultimate him immediately searching for all your dragons And if you have dragons that give haste, it's pretty much game over. Yep. 
That's a, that's a powerful planeswalker, especially in dragon decks. Speaking of powerful, this is more my, this is like the power that I like. That's also jank. And people are like, why is this card even in here? This is ancestral statue. And everybody knows that this combos with Animar. It's a three, four golem artifact creature for four. When it enters the battlefield, return a non-land permanent you control to its owner's hand. I think this set, I think Dragons of Tarkir has contributed to my Animar deck more than anything else out of any other set retro. This guy, once Animar has four counters on him, you can just cast him for free and bounce himself. Cast him for free, bounce yourself to infinity, and you just make your Animar huge. That's kind of how you win. And then you tutor for a walking ballista, and the walking ballista is like a infinity infinity, and you kill everybody that way. But Ancestral Statue makes that combo possible. So kind of cool. I, it's, it's, it's not cool. It's not original, but it is how CEDH Animar wins. <laughs> so anyways, a couple more cards I want to talk about. There's, there's the Dragon Brood Leader Monuments. So I'll just read Dromoka's Monument, for example, is a three drop mana rock that taps to give you green or white, the two colors of that dragon's brood. And you can go green, white, four. Dramoka Monument becomes a 4-4 green and white dragon creature token with flying until end of turn. Huh. Okay. And Ojitai Monument, same. Silamgar, Kalagon, they're all the same. Those are all fine 3-drop mana rocks that become dragons. If you're in a 2 or 3 color deck and you like the 3-drop mana rocks or you're playing on a budget or you're your play group your meta doesn't want to go fast doesn't want the zero and one and two drop mana rocks you could play these ones and they can double as a creature late game so i think those are worth something worth mentioning earlier in the show when i was talking about zergo bell ringer striker dash guy i mentioned storm rider rig this is a new card in in dragons this is a two drop equipment for two i think it's a little bit underrated Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and whenever a creature enters a battlefield under our control, we can attach Storm Rider Rig to it for free. So it auto-equips your dash guys. I think this could go in like a, a really janky Zergo Bell Striker deck or a, or a Collagon from last week with dash or a Ragavan, the monkey pilferer guy, or just name your commander that blinks itself or name your commander that has haste that you just drop it, auto-equip all your stuff and just go to town. I think that that's a lot of fun. I used to have a Rorik's Bladewing deck like that that was like big, tall, mana, red, dragon, haste, attacky, attacky. It was like my third or fourth deck I ever built. And it was a ton of fun. That looked good. There was another dragon land in Haven of the Spirit Dragon. And that's the set. That's the block. That is it. That is cons of Tarkir block. I waxed a bunch about how it, how this set in particular gave my decks a lot of stuff. But I want to hear from you at CadPopCast on Twitter, CadPopCast at gmail.com. If you had as good of an experience with Dragons of Tarkir as I did and, and, and as Max Crandell did with his Dromoka deck, but in general, the cons of Tarkir block had a lot to offer, both myself and I think the, the commander format as a whole. Fetch lands, gain lands, dragon lands. We got like OG Sidisi. We got Zergo Helm Smasher. We got a ton of dragons. Dragon Tempest. That guy that gives Shaman of Forgotten Ways that gives you that gives you a banned card activated ability. Tutors in Sidisi. Like there's lots of good stuff here. I want to know. Hit me up. Maybe maybe when I do the post 
asking or or the post for this episode I'll I'll ask like what's your favorite card from Khan's block and maybe you can just do a little scryfall cut and paste and let me know on Twitter because I like to know what what the audience likes maybe I can paint those cards maybe I've got painted versions in my in my overstock binder and I can say hey I have this check it out or whatever right I'd like to know so hit me up on any of the social platforms they're all available in the show notes big thanks to official sponsors FusionGamingOnline.com, your source for all of your cons block needs. And big thank you to all of the patrons, patreon.com slash cadpopcast. You guys make it all go around for me. You guys make it all possible. If anybody out there listening enjoys the show, enjoys the content, the topics, and you want to support past just liking or sharing or five-star reviewing, if you want to support past providing maybe a show topic or some feedback, you can head on over to Patreon and it does really make a big difference to me and it does really help the show. And I I just want to say that every week because it is true every week. It doesn't stop being true. And with all that being said, everybody, I will see you next Wednesday. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.